Okay, yes, as James said, we're starting a new series and it's on Matthew chapters 3 and 4 and we'll take a few weeks to do that. Um, Carry on. I, I will. <laughs> Great to see everybody this morning. And um, it, it's, it's really, it deals with John the Baptist and Jesus uh, uh, preparing for his uh, ministry himself. Um, there will be all sorts of things. There will be things like... Um, uh, Resisting temptation and all that, all that sort of thing. There will be all sorts of subjects. On the way, we will meet the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's just as well because we can't do that without Him. But this morning, we're talking about repentance, or rather, the kingdom and repentance. And without any further ado, let's get into today's passage. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is he who was spoken of through the prophet Isaiah. Voice of one calling in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. John's clothes were made of camel's hair. And he had a leather belt around his waist. His food was locusts and wild honey. People went out to him from Jerusalem and all Judea and the whole region of the Jordan. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the river Jordan. I'd like you to um, use your imagination uh, at this point. I want you to imagine that James has just introduced the preacher, as he's just done. And so, a guest preacher comes up and he looks extremely wild. Now, you may, you may think that... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I knew I'd get that reaction. <laughs> Anyway, this, this wild man comes up and, and he's, he starts having a go at the congregation, at the people here. Do you know, uh, going back too many years now, one of, one of my first churches, the people loved being told off. <laughs> they did, honestly, they, they loved it. They didn't do anything about it. <laughs> anyway, you imagine, he starts having a go at you. And he says, you know, your baptism was useless. Absolutely worthless. Do you know, your prayer life is ridiculous. You're not achieving anything. Do you know, your commitment to each other is absolutely awful. You you know, your, your knowledge of the Bible is pathetic. And he goes on and on and on. You'd be pretty shocked, wouldn't you? I think you would, not just at the bad theology that underlies something like that, but you, you, you'd be shocked at that somebody could come into a group of people like this, a church, and say, you're all rotten. <laughs> now, switch your mind back to the time of John the Baptist. Here's this guy, and he does look a bit wild, And he's out there in the desert eating locusts and wild honey, which was allowable actually in those days. But he, he, and and he starts saying, 
You know, you're in a pretty poor state. You need to, you need to repent and get your life sorted out. And, horror of horrors, you should be baptised. And you know, the people would think, what? He's talking to us. We're respectable Jews. We're part of the people of God. We're okay. Being baptised, we don't need to be that. Maybe if someone comes into Judaism from outside, they need to be, but then it's usually only head of household. What on earth are you talking about? There would be shock. Shock horror. And there was. But there were also people who took that on board and and began to think, maybe John here is saying something that we need to get hold of. Because he was saying, repent! For the kingdom of heaven is near. We don't want to miss that. So, yeah, there was lots of rulers and important people. They dismissed what John was saying. But others thought, no, he's got, he's got something here. So there are two things that John speaks about. He speaks about the kingdom and he speaks about repentance. Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is near. Or let's put it the other way around. The kingdom of heaven is coming, so you better repent. Well, you know, we often talk about the kingdom, don't we? It's a, it's a word that's banded around in our sort of circles, you know? We pray about the kingdom, we ask God to extend the kingdom, we talk about the kingdom. But what is the kingdom? What is it? Well, that's, 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 let me give you two things that it is not. The kingdom of heaven is not a place. Do you know Christians have made that mistake in the past and said, well, the kingdom of heaven is really our country. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, do you know, I couldn't speak this morning and avoid this. <laughs> you know, actually, in the past, I think, Way, way back, not now, but way, way back, there was a bit of an equation between England and the kingdom of heaven. Because the king is God's ruler. And you listen to yesterday's service, and by gum, there were millions of people who heard things from the Bible and truths from the Bible who would never have heard it otherwise. Whatever you think about all all of it, and I guess we've got mixed views amongst us, you know, it's already been referred to. The first words that Charles said, that, that young boy said, we invite you to come as children of king, of kings. And he said, Charles said, I come not to be served, but to serve on Radio 4's religious program this morning, someone said, get this, 
Do you know, that even goes back before the Church of England, those words. <laughs> this is a religious commentator, for goodness sake. <laughs> what was Charles doing? He was quoting the words of Jesus who said, the Son of Man came not to serve, to be served, but to serve. And then, and of course, Archbishop Welby quoted this, and to give his life a ransom for many. I'm going off the point here. But you see this crown, it's got the cross at the top. Then it's got a, a, a globe, an orb, a globe. The cross is over the world, is over the King of England. Oh, that that would be the case. Really. That's the symbolism of the crown. Well, anyway, the kingdom is not a place, although sometimes I think some of our American friends, when they talk about what president, which president they should have, you'd almost think that the USA is the promised land. Perhaps it is. No offence, really, but... Maybe. But the kingdom's not a place. And it's not the church. Which is another mistake that Christians have made down the centuries. You want to know where the kingdom is? Well, it's the church. And if you're outside the church, or this particular church, you're not in the kingdom. Ooh. Dodgy. We could easily, before we mock that, let's make sure we don't slip into that. That outside of our group, people are not fully Christian. Of course they are. Who belong to other, pla other places, other churches. Because actually there's only one church. But we won't go into that now. But the kingdom is not the church. So what is it? The kingdom is everywhere. Everywhere God exercises his rule. You may say, well, he does that everywhere anyway. But what we're talking about is where, and I'm going to show this in a minute, where God's rule is acknowledged. And that includes the church, hopefully. And that includes many people in England. Praise God. That's what the kingdom is, everywhere where God rules. What does that mean? What does that mean? I'm going to say a few things. If you're taking notes, don't bother to take this lot because there's going to be quite a lot. Just soak up, soak up what the kingdom of heaven is and rejoice in it and enjoy it. The kingdom of heaven is the place where God's character is reflected where his righteousness, his justice, his mercy, his grace, his love, his peace is seen and demonstrated. Big long words. It's the place where God's character is seen in the lives of his people. Fantastic. That's part of the kingdom. It's reflects the character of God. It's where the will of God, God's will is obeyed. We pray, 
Many churches pray every week verbally, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the kingdom is where people do what God says, where his will is obeyed, where God says, do this, and his people do it. That's the kingdom. His, the kingdom is where God's ways are lived out. God, God has revealed in his word all sorts of ways in which we should live. The way we are in our relationships with each other. The way we should care for creation. The way we should relate as men and women. The way we should be together in marriage. The way we should live as single people. The way that we should be honest and have integrity with each other. God's ways. God's ways put us at odds with today's society. Wow. But that's where the kingdom is. Where God's people follow his ways. Where his holiness then is revealed. Because to be holy is to be separate. God is holy other. Totally other. Totally different. And that's the kingdom. A place that doesn't reflect society, but a place that reflects God. That's the kingdom, and the church as part of the kingdom should, should do that. When people look at Life Church Beckles, do they see a community that is different? Or do they see something that's more like society? Oh, these are challenging things. This is the kingdom. But it's also where there's righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's a joyful place to be. Where the Holy Spirit is moving, that is a fantastic place to be. And this is the kingdom. Because that's what Paul says, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. That's the kingdom. It's the place where there is every tribe and tongue. There is such today an emphasis on diversity. What is being said about yesterday's coronation service? I'm, I'm glad that other religions can be free to practice what they believe in this country. I wouldn't have it any other way. We want Jews and Muslims and Sikhs and Hindus and Buddhists and whatever to be free to practice. That's, that's freedom. We want Christians to be able to do that as well. Yeah. So there was a great emphasis on diversity. But where is the greatest diversity? In the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter whether you're old, young, black, white, Japanese, Asian, South American. Doesn't, doesn't matter whether you're intelligent, you've got degrees coming out of your head, or you, you really cannot put two together and, and you're just an ordinary man or woman. Does not matter. The kingdom is for us all. According to God's ways, of course. But it's the most inclusive thing on, on earth and in heaven. Because there's going to be every tribe and every tongue there, every language, every, every little differentiated difference of race. 
the kingdom. What a fantastic place. It, it's a place of unstoppable growth, Jesus said. Whoa, the kingdom's like a mustard seed. You put it into the ground. What happens? It grows. Daniel had a vision of the kingdom filling the whole earth. We look at little church. We see figures declining. People are projecting that if the decline in Christianity goes on, this denomination will die out by this year and that denomination will die out by that year. Let me tell you, it won't happen. Denominations may go, but the, but the kingdom of God, which includes the church of God, will grow. It will. And it's in unstoppable, because although people are predicting the decline in Western Europe, it's growing like crazy in Asia and, and Africa and South America. Where is the centre of being Christ's people now? It's in the global south. What's that? That's Asia, Africa, South America. It's growing, folks. And it's unstoppable. Fantastic. Do you know we're on the winning side? We're on the winning side. Don't care about Ipswich and Norwich and whether they're going to do. We're we're on the winning side. We're going to win, folks. Or rather, Jesus has won for us. Oi. But there will be a final reckoning. Because Jesus said, well, you know, the kingdom, it's like a a farmer, you've got a field and you've got wheat and tares and you can't tell the difference and you have to let them grow together and you can't sort them out until they're fully grown and then you can see the difference and you can separate one for the other. Or it's like a herdsman, you've got sheep and goats and in those days you could hardly tell the difference between a sheep and a goat. And so they, they, when it comes to, to bring them in, you have to separate. Oh, that one's a sheep, that one's a goat. There will be a separation. That's what's going to go on. So you need to know you're in the kingdom. You do need to know that. You need to be sure. And you can be sure. That'll come out a little bit later, but you need to be sure. The kingdom, we pray your kingdom come. The kingdom is here, and yet it's not here. The kingdom is now. The rule of God can be seen now. And yet we've sung and believed this morning that the kingdom is coming and that we're going to see him face to face and he will be all in all. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Whoa. This is the kingdom. You're part of the kingdom. If you're you're a Jesus person, you're part of the kingdom. Question, are you a Jesus person? Because if you are, you're in the kingdom. And if you're in the kingdom, you're going to be there when it fully comes. Oh, part of me says, I can't wait. Part of me says, not yet, Lord, but you know what I mean. Yeah. The writer to the Hebrews says, we're receiving a kingdom that cannot, cannot be shaken. I tell you what, the kingdom of the United, the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland can, will be, probably is, being shaken. But not the kingdom of God. That's stable and secure. You know, you, you get Russia r- arose, became mighty, and then after the end of the Cold War, it diminished. 
and what's going on there? Trying to make it great again. Kingdoms shake. Even if they've got presidents, we can call them kingdoms. But the kingdom of God won't be shaken. Cannot be shaken. It's secure. If you're in the kingdom, you're secure. You really are. Whatever life throws at you, you're secure. And Jesus said, you seek the kingdom. You, you seek that first and all these things, that is your needs, not, your, not, not the things that you necessarily want, but all your needs will be met. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Meaning, your food and your shelter and your clothing in context. And we look forward to the final day when, with all those who are part of the kingdom, we'll say this, we'll sing this, we'll rejoice in this. The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall, he will reign forever and ever. That was quoted yesterday as well, actually. That's it. That's the kingdom. Ooh, soak it up. Enjoy it. Commit yourselves to it. That's what it is. And it's near. Yeah, John the Baptist said, well, it's near because Jesus is coming. Jesus, the, the anointed one, the Messiah you've been expected. And if you look just a little bit further on, and we'll get to this, Jesus says exactly the same. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Why? Because I'm here. The kingdom is bound up totally, completely, utterly in Jesus. So that's the message of John here, coming kingdom, so there better be real repentance. You want to be part of the kingdom, there's got to be a radical change. It's a radical challenge. You know, repentance is not just a change of mind. That's the way they used to use it in those days, the word repentance. You just changed your mind. And it could be from something bad to something good, but it could be equally from something good to something bad. It's just a change of mind. But that's not what John meant, and that's not what the Bible means. John means a 180 degrees change of direction. So here I am, going my way, doing what I want. I'm the king or the queen of my life. Or perhaps I ought to be gender neutral here, but then no. <laughs> You know what I mean. And then I turn around to face the king of kings and the Lord of Lords. In fact, there are people who want to tra translate the word repentance as conversion. That's what it is. A complete and total change. Conversion, that's a, that's a word we need to keep hold of. In these days when the government is trying to ban conversion therapy and all that sort of stuff. We need to hold on to the true meaning of the word. A radical shift from 
what I want to what he wants. And it's clear. John was very clear about it. As he says, repent. The kingdom of heaven is near. Very clear. It's not something we can ignore. It's a challenge. And Jesus was equally clear. He came exactly the same. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. John how am I going to know that? Get baptised. Jesus, how am I going to know that? Get baptised. Oh yeah, Jesus ended up baptising more people than John, except, says, it says in John's Gospel, except that it wasn't Jesus who baptised, but his disciples who baptised on his behalf. Do you realise that? Baptism was, is important to Jesus because it's a sign of repentance I could digress here and talk about the vicar who puts toy ducks in the pond which was on this morning's radio no, but I won't at the moment that would <laughs> because baptism is far more important than any trivialising we might give and actually what did Peter say on the day of Pentecost, they said, "What are we going to?" The crowd said, "What are we going to do? You've said all this stuff. What are we going to do?" And he said, "Repent." It's that word again, and be baptized. Why? Because then I know you're entering the kingdom. That's why. It's a clear challenge. It's vital absolutely vital that we repent totally Jesus and Nicodemus talking at night which wasn't necessarily secretive but the good time of day to talk Jesus and Nicodemus Jesus said do you know you've got to be born again in fact if you want to see even see the kingdom You've got to be born again. What does that mean? You need a radical change. It's the same thing, expressed in a different way. You've got to be born from above. That could be translated. The Holy Spirit's got to come to you and convict you that you need to change. It's vital. We can't duck out of it. Repentance is vital. It's urgent. It is urgent. We ought not to leave it. John says, Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is near. There's a little bit of a sort of a discussion on how you express that. Some people say near. Some say it's a sort of arriving, coming near. And there are some who believe that word means it's actually arrived. It doesn't matter. What it does mean is that this is not something you can avoid. It's not something that you should put off. You should decide, Am I, do I really want to be in the kingdom of God? Or don't I? 
Do I really want to live in that way? Because it's a continuing challenge. We were laughing the other morning about preaching this passage. The next passage is all about the fruit of repentance, which is a pre pretty heavy. <laughs> Go home and read it. But what it means this, is that we don't just repent and then say, oh, that's done, and then gradually ignore what we've done. What it means is this, that we live a life of repentance. That is, we live a life, not going my way, but going God's way. And that's, that's a tough call. That's pretty tough. It's okay sitting here, listening to the mad preacher that's been introduced by James, to go back to the beginning. It's okay sitting here thinking, oh, okay, that's fine. That's a tough call on a Monday morning. Or Tuesday, or through to Saturday, or maybe Sunday afternoon, if you've got the family piling in, <laughs> as we have. Bless them. <laughs> yeah. It's living it out. That I have said, not my way, but your way, Lord. Not my will, but your will, O oh Lord. Not my, your, not my standards, but your standards. Not my thoughts, but your thoughts. That's tough. I thank God we're going to encounter the Holy Spirit in this series to help us do that. Thank God it's not something we have to do in our own strength. The kingdom. So there's the continuing fruits of repentance and that, that is your treat next time. But it's, it's serious, folks. It's serious. So that's the two points today. If you can't remember everything else, just enjoy what the kingdom is. But there's a coming kingdom of which if we trust in Jesus and we've, we've said, Lord, I've done wrong, I need you, forgive my sin, come into my life, be, be my Lord, be my Saviour, then God gives you the Holy Spirit and you then go on with him. Okay, there's the coming kingdom, the challenge, are you in it? And then there's real repentance, which is not just a one-off event, but needs to be lived out. That's great, isn't it? You know, there was so much yesterday of the Word of God in amongst all that symbolism. There was so much of the Word of God Thank God for that. But let's not trust in earthly kings. Let's not think that King Charles or whoever else is with him is going to solve the nation's problems or our problems or whatever. Because there's only one person who can do that. And that's the King of Kings. Let's pray. God, we thank you this morning that uh, we serve or we come to 
not an earthly king, who we actually pray for. And Lord, we pray that you'll give Charles all that he needs in the coming days. But Lord, we're not coming to him, we're coming to you. And thank you that you invite us in, that you've got good things for us, that where your way is difficult, by your spirit you empower us. And that, Lord, when we need help and strength and hope and forgiveness, there's always Jesus to turn to. Bless you for that. And I pray, Lord, that all of us this morning here, I don't know where we all are, but I pray all of us will have that certainty that I'm in the kingdom. And if not, Lord, we can't be sure about that. Help us to sort it out with you. So thank you for your word and we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name. Amen.